0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
1: We just have a good rhythm together, you know. He sort of feels me out. I feel him out. And uh, we go for it. Hey!
0: New York City, how we living? Thank you so much for coming, everyone. Welcome to Littlefield and
1: uh, us. Yeah, uh, this well, is
0: Timbo reporting
1: in in the flesh, live. Yeah. Uh, and this is Guy. Welcome along to the worst idea of all time uh, season four, episode fifty, live in New York. Uh, famously, the fifth character in Sex in the City. And uh, can I just say this? I'd like to go on the record. What well, it's the greatest city. On- We've got people who have come here from somewhere in Virginia. We've got people who have come here from somewhere in Massachusetts. We have someone who's on a work trip from England, and they just so happen to be here at the right time. <laughs> but all those places can suck one, because New York City is the greatest city. We're going to Chicago. <laughs> they can go fuck themselves. We're going to Portland. Disgusting. We're going to Los Angeles. What a waste of a perfectly good desert. New York City or broke, baby. Thank you for having us. Um, out of... Uh, actually, no, I'm going to talk to you, Tim. I was going to talk to the masses, but I'd rather check in with you. All right. How are you? I'm real good. And uh, I'd just like
0: to, before we go too further on in the show, introduce our guest for of this course. record. It's the Knife! The Knife is here. Guy didn't even know. No. <laughs> It's got a sheath. I yeah. did stab myself.
1: So yeah. this is... Um, I, heard the knife, I heard the knife was cancelled. No. I heard the knife and I were both cancelled. False.
0: Just you. The knife lives. This is the... Um, I, I don't know. How would we... It's like the spirit of the knife is imbued into whatever physical knife we have. So it is the same It's never guest. felt like
1: we have a knife, Tim. It's always felt like you have a knife.
0: The podcast has a knife, and I think it's important to remember that. Now, what makes this one special, if if uh, anyone's forgotten, is that it's ceramic. That. So there's you've,
1: that. Uh, do you know, you've you've in a similar technique to what Mr. Big uses when he's chubbing tomatoes. As yeah. he proposes to carry Bradshaw in Sex in the City, the movie, the movie. You've taken the the nib off your porcelain knife. It kind of took the nib off itself. Someone in my flat was using the knife as
0: a knife, which was baffling to me. <laughs> Not quite sure how that happened, but um, yeah, the cap came off. So I guess the moral of the story is ceramic knives,
1: not as fucking clean you know, as the Australians I'm, would have you believe. I'm less comfortable with you traveling with an ordinary ceramic kitchen knife than any variety of flick knives or switch blades. You're less comfortable. No, this is weirder to me. This, is, <laughs> this belongs in a kitchen in New you know, Zealand. But you know
0: what the good thing is? Metal detectors, you sell right through.
1: <laughs> that's not good it's good it's not good information to release to the world either
0: yeah I gotta stop waving a knife around New York City I, too. I don't know what the laws uh, are
1: because yeah. I saw you flew in through Honolulu Hawaii sure did and I saw you uh, went uh, so, uh, yeah so, let's give it up for Honolulu yeah. woo <laughs> no Honolulu another a perfectly good waste of a goddamn beach uh I hate every city, save for this one. But okay. you went to a flea market. Yeah, I And had I saw on your Instagram story, you were posting all sorts of videos oh, of various God. knives. I was so thirsty,
0: you guys. <laughs> Folks, I was there for four hours, and um, I looked up. I was just on Google Maps, and I saw a park, and I was like, you know what? I'm hot, I'm sweaty, I'm disgusting. I'm in Hawaii, for crying out loud. I want to go sit in a park.
1: Yeah, really cool down in the heat of the middle of a park. Well, no, I thought, I actually, I got
0: confused. I thought it was a national park, because they had mixed the photos of what I thought was on the map with this other place that had water and stuff. So I was like, cool, I'll go there. So I got in a cab, and I was like, take me here. And he did, it was just some park. It was just some suburban park, and it was closed. It had a big gate on it. I was like, okay, this sucks. And he goes, hey, there's a flea market down the road. Do you want to go to the stadium and see the flea market? I was like, sure. So he just
1: took me there. I love this whole anecdote for you. Mm.
0: It is But what you were getting to is that there was a beautiful cabinet of knives there. Knives the likes I've never seen before. And a guy sharpening them who really looked like he knew his shit. He wasn't he wasn't like me. He wasn't into like glory knives. He was into fucking proper knives. Yeah. Hundreds of knives. I was thirsty as, but... Probably for a reasonable ticket as well, in a flea market. They were 100 bucks and up, but they looked proper, and I didn't buy any of them. Do hey, I regret it? Yep. <laughs> Had do. you already checked your luggage through? It wasn't there. It was just a bit pricey for me. <laughs> okay. I would have found a way, or tried. What would have happened is I would have tried and failed. Yeah.
1: It would have been like you just going through yeah, customs and giving yeah. the TSA hey, $100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, so uh, well, you travelled with a ceramic kitchen knife, which we are to believe, as you insinuated, insinuate you flew with on the plane. Aren't you proud of me, though, that I managed to remember to put it in my cheek luggage? No, oh. a
0: rarity for me. What to pack a knife? Yeah, think, it is uh, through no. this podcast. It is
1: one of your defining <laughs> traits.
0: To make sure that it's not with, like, on my person and taken off my Oh, of yeah, age.
1: no, we're all really proud of yeah. Tim. Thank you. For putting a knife in a thank, fucking suitcase. Thank you. I,
0: thank you. <laughs>
1: what is the system of approval you're creating for I yourself? I I've uh, been
0: away from my wife too long, so now I'll take any sarcastic praise I can get. You know, they say, transform at my happy
1: head. knife, happy wife. Um... <laughs> I imagine she's in a kitchen with an unchopped tomato right now, going "Curse you, tomato!" Absolutely spewing. Um,
0: well, look, it feels incumbent on us to talk about the movie at some point. Does it though? Because you know? does it though?
1: Yeah. I feel like it does. Well, we are in the home of Sex in the City. We have avoided any major landmarks. Two days ago, we (laughs) ate some of the strongest magic mushrooms we've had and walked over the Williamsburg Bridge. Are we going to get into that, are we? Not really. It was too full on, everybody.
0: Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, you've opened up the can of worms, so let's talk about it. um, I've been itching to get some magic mushrooms for a little while, and I've been looking in New Zealand where they grow a lot, and uh, no one's got them. Maybe because they're illegal. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I was coming a they're little
1: too They're illegal to have in your possession. As soon as you pick them up, they're illegal. But when they're in the ground, if you eat them straight from the ground... I've,
0: I have been led to believe the legal situation in New Zealand is that if you pick them, that's illegal because you're in possession of a controlled substance. However, if you find them, put your hands behind your back, <laughs> bend down and just eat them off of the ground, fully legal. That's grazing, exactly. Got them on a technicality. Take that, motherfuckers. So you, you've found none to pick nor graze. It, it's, um, it's real. I can't recommend anyone go looking for magic mushrooms themselves. It is so risky. You can fuck it up real easily, really well. So I don't mess with that. What, I leave you it mean, to the what, professionals. Why is it? Because of the... There's very similar looking ones that will uh, kill you. <laughs> yeah. So Thankfully,
1: magic mushrooms have a 100% track record of treating everyone
0: very kindly. <laughs> So a guy um, has been putting up with me going, man, I just I want to get some mushrooms. And uh, <laughs> I ended up literally Googling it. I was like, New York City. And I was just, for about three hours, I was just online looking. And I fucking found them. <laughs> some, some guy had just posted his cell phone number three months ago on a forum. And I texted it once I got my SIM card from AT&T. Thanks,
1: AT&T. What? what? <laughs> Huge shout out to AT&T. The New York City of cell phone providers.
0: And I was like, hey, man, sorry to bother you. Have you still got psychedelic mushrooms? He was like, yeah. I was like, can I come around in an hour? He's like,
1: yeah. <laughs> so I was with Tim at the time. He left immediately. And then we linked up. Uh, it felt like God opened a window. About two hours to... later. And what did the man, What did the? Uh, it, was, it was a man, wasn't it? Was it was a dude. And what did the man say when you arrived to buy the magic mushrooms? He said, uh he took a bunch of molly out of his Oh, yeah, throat. yeah. That's what he did, not what he said. He said, here you go,
0: and then produced... I've never seen molly before. And like what does it crystall- look like? It was crystallized. I thought it was like meth or something. I thought he was giving me some crystal meth. I got very
1: freaked out. I was like,
0: uh, what's this now? Is this a new form of... It sounds like the guy's running a pretty
1: rigid system. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's up to. And he's got and the so- same accounting practice as I do at our merch table. <laughs>
0: He was like, sorry, what were you after? And I was like, um, mushrooms, it's disgusting. He was like, oh, yeah, true. And he just pulls out from another pocket, a huge bag.
1: Anyway, I feel embarrassed. I you'll, be, you'll, my you'll be anyway. surprised to hear that the mushrooms, this uh, otherwise seemingly pretty switched on, gentlemen provided, were some of the strongest substances I could imagine. It's insane. We walked... 17 kilometers. Yeah, what's
0: that in miles? Like 13 miles across... Four and a half hours. We walked
1: through and into quite a lot of our own problems, and we lived to tell the tale, and uh, here we are now at Littlefield. We, yeah. We're alive. It's been a, a- So the movie, guy. Yeah, the movie. You, you see, you keep saying.
0: What I love is that we did, we, well, I came to New York City, you moved to New York City to do this live show two years ago, which is um, good if you plan it go yeah. ahead. I came here from Auckland, uh, and we didn't do any Sex in the City-related activities. We didn't watch it in any Sex in the City-related place. We just banged it on in your apartment. <laughs> just sat watching this fucking TV with the 50th screening <laughs> of Sex in the City on. And I tell you what, it doesn't get any better on that 50th watch.
1: I, yeah, I, I, I struggle to imagine uh, many environments in which we could have watched it that would improve the, the raw data. I am coming around to the idea that this movie will not change week to week. That it is uh, <laughs> fixed, it's locked off, it's uh, it more or less remains in its state. Almost like it was done in 2008. <laughs> That's not to say the performances don't change, but the movie doesn't. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Are we all on the same page? Uh, I... To be honest, it was it was one of the it was it was not the the, pro, the watch that I'd promised myself a few episodes ago. It was pretty disrespectful. Let's be honest. Uh, it was two men in a room. You packing a suitcase before I we was... travel to no and shithole Chicago tomorrow morning.
0: I can't. I maybe I'll release all of the live episodes after we've completed all of them. Maybe that's what put this doing. one out tonight, brother. I don't know, man. I don't know about that. Um, no, you're right. So, look, there was some forward planning involved. It wasn't totally disrespectful. Before we kicked off, I got all of my stuff into the lounge so I could do things while maintaining eye contact with Big. Because as we yeah. know, if he, if he think, you give him an inch... He'll <laughs> take a mile. He will. That's why they and call then,
1: him Mr. Big. And come on it. He takes big liberties. Big strokes. Yeah. Oh... <laughs>
0: I love live reactions yeah. to our commentary. No, too far. Whenever though, we talk disgusting. about
1: jizz in a private room, I'm always yes. like, oh, I tell you, the people are going to love this. Yeah, <laughs> and, I know. and you bring up jizz in front of a live audience, and you can hear the groans.
0: Whoops. Um, so I was packing in front
1: of the tally. You were getting yourself ready as well. Um, yeah, we, we. I mean, it wasn't a VR watch, that's for sure. It wasn't the probably a welcome change, to be totally honest. Yeah. I just to kick off a conversation about the film, I'll tell you my shining light, which was uh, this week. No one, Carl, a partner at Mr. Biggs' firm, <laughs> probably one of the more in a in a world of confident characters. One of the more confident characters. Mm-hmm. He heckles Samantha during her speech, and the heckles aren't directed at Samantha. They're directed towards Mr. Biggs' checkered. Past in terms of having two previous marriages, he says uh, to the groom, when he goes, Here, there's a word he's heard before, and uh, everyone sort of jeers him, but he it is not cowed at all by the fact that no one likes his bits. He's like, Okay, okay, I see how it is. Yeah, you want more of Daddy Carl? I give you more of Daddy Carl. <laughs> and he keeps going, uh, I can't remember the next one, but all the way to Smith, he goes, Hey, hold, hold the phone, you can't remember the next one, can you? Uh, oh.
0: there, wait, did you already say there's a word he's heard before? Yeah Here's hoping, John Ah, nice
1: uh-huh. uh, What? No, what? 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 Just let me have it, I'm away from home okay. I don't know about this new character you've you've taken on I've He wears loud shirts and apparently gets very scared when <laughs> <but> he's <laughs> not in New Zealand Yeah uh, uh, yeah, no, but I, I loved his energy. I thought he, he was a disruptor this week. From from what is the norm, from the usual rhythm of the movie and the characters contained therein, uh, he was someone who came in here and said, you know what, fuck all of this, fuck the wedding, I don't care about Carrie, I don't care about Big, I'm a partner at a goddamn firm. Mm. <laughs> I don't think he cares about the firm, he employs Big. Uh, and <laughs> no one colourblind, illiterate, you know, a jizz fiend, Um And that's not to criticise any three of those component factors by themselves. But if you are hiring at a high-powered finance firm...
0: Well, I don't know. Maybe it's like what they say about when you lose one sense, the others gets heightened. You know that movie Blind Fury? No. It's good. uh, (laughs) I think it's from the mid-90s, and it's like a a kung fu action movie, except it's American-made. And uh, the guy's blind, but he's an incredible fighter. It's sort of like Daredevil, like he can kind of hear people coming. Because he's got great sense. Yes. Yeah. So maybe Big's colour blindness and lack of ability to read has honed his financial muscles. His eye for numbers. Exactly. It'd be like you at the merch table. You were killing it out there, man.
1: Yeah. So what I'd do is when we'd tell something... One's no problem. Fives, you got it. I'd mark it. I was marking it all down and I was doing the change. Uh, It was the smartest i felt literally in years. (laughs) You did really well. You did but really no, well. I like. No, th- I'd like to go back to this premise of Blind Fury because I've been thinking a lot about bats recently. Okay. And I used to be scared of bats, but I'm not scared of bats. Any- have I talked about this with you? No. Okay, great. <laughs> I used to be scared of bats, but I have grown fond of bats. I think it's Thank more you. likely a bird will fly into you. Hey. It's Could nice. Not. Yeah, yeah, Could no, not. it's good. I liked you the whole time. My name's time. Tim Bat. There's probably yeah. a
0: couple of people here who don't know what this podcast is who've been brought
1: along. My name's Tim Bat. Yeah, I and I I, I love you, Tim. Yeah. But I've grown to like regular bats. I think it's more likely that a bat would fl- that a bird would find you than a bat because bats use sonar, right? And that means that they sonar is like where you put a noise out and it bounces back, right? So you know where everything is. Is your definition of something you like something that won't hit you? It's not, yeah, I guess because <laughs> not wholesale, but with regards to bats, I was always afraid of them because they have like quite terrifying faces and they're nocturnal and they're just like, they're, they're, I they're, think in... they're quite cute. Oh, some of them are really cute, but some of them, they've got, New Zealand's got a great, we've only, I think we've only got one
0: bat, I think, and it's little, <laughs> Yeah, little we did. beautiful
1: little bat, but just you... gorgeous.
0: <laughs> one one yeah, species. No, yeah. <laughs> no, I like, I like this actually. Yeah,
1: one, one species. Also, one bat.
0: Yeah. He flies around <laughs> distributing presents because it's uh, unseasonably warm for Santa Claus. You see, so we entrust a bat to get it done in the summertime. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's right. And He's good at barbecuing. <laughs> we can fly. It makes more yeah. sense than a fat human, doesn't it? Just rolling around with reindeer. Well, obviously... Where's the sense in that? How did the reindeer thing become attached to Santa Claus? Isn't it, does no one know? Finland. Finland. Is that... Is, is it good? No, let's not get into that. I like that. No. The answer is Finland.
1: The answer, as always. And we always. are
0: finished. Yeah.
1: Okay. With that.
0: Oh, no, we hate it. Even I hate it. Hard earned. Thank whoa. you. It was like that's <laughs> it's what, like when yeah. you burp and you get a spot, you're like, whoa. Fuck. That was worse than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. But I did it.
1: That was – I. yeah, no, that was good. I really felt that groan. Uh, but, no, so that, that was my shining light. And also I think bats are cool now. <laughs> and uh, I didn't used to think that. But the other – one more question before we move on is because you know how – like, you look at, say, it's another animal, but you look at a monkey, and they so they seem so coordinated. Like, they're so good at swinging from bright... You never see a monkey falling... I never see monkeys falling down. They're so coordinated. But there's got to be, amongst all the monkeys, there's got to be less coordinated monkeys, monkeys who do not have the same ability to control their body. And so, so the same would be true, I imagine, with bats, where they have bad, wonky sonar. I don't, I don't think that... I think humans are the only
0: species that got so advanced that we allowed people who aren't super great at not dying to persist like with other animals there's a natural attrition that happens it's like if you're a bit bad at falling out of trees and you're a monkey you don't get to procreate it's kind of it just sort of
1: i mean you've got to that. imagine it would be a huge turn-off in the monkey community wouldn't it you imagine booty calling another monkey and just hearing them fall here i <laughs> well <Whoa. laughs> And they fucking climb back up with a wonky arm. I'm not going to fuck you now, Greg.
0: Is that sad? I feel sad about that. Nah,
1: it's not sad. Survival of the fittest. I'm projecting
0: sort of human morals onto the animal kingdom. Should I be doing that? Dunno.
1: Hey, man, do what you want. I'm a
0: vegan now. I feel like I can. Although I'm the worst vegan. (laughs) (laughs) You've seen me eat a cheeseburger on this trip.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) You're still vegan.
0: I... I Thanks,
1: man. So, what was, your, what was your. Mine was Carl, what was yours? This is
0: going to sound like a cop out, but it's true. There's a woman who sits
1: next to Carl who I've never mentioned, but I've loved her for presumably, the last 20 watches. Presumably, Carl's partner. Uh, possibly. She looks at him, she's the only one who looks remotely fondly at him when he yeah, heals but that,
0: his. No, but that's what I like about her. She's, she definitely at least works with him. She looks to be, to my mind, 15 years his junior, probably. Um, and
1: Carl's the kind of dirty dog who would date that. down there. But though. she
0: she looks to me very sophisticated and smart. Um, sh- I don't know if she would put up with a Carl. So I, it leads me to believe that she is a uh, up and coming. Yeah. You know, person in the firm. <laughs> what is the firm? It's a financial firm. Yeah. Yeah. So she's like a trader, like a good. Yeah. Trader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And you just like her? I like
0: what she does when Carl makes his shit calls. What does she do? Well, it's not. It's like a facial expression, which is to say, that's fucking goofy, dude. Like, you're making an ass of yourself. But it's not big enough to have any repercussions at work. She's kind of stone-faced, but it just allows enough to it's creep all, on there. And
1: yeah, well, if we do look at her as an aspiring partner, there yeah. is a very clever sort of almost manipulative quality to the way she eggs Carl on to keep making a fool of himself in this public space, knowing full well that when he vacates the throne, she's going to slide on in. That's it. That's that
0: great. She's not too mean about it because you come for the king, you best not miss. Oh, and she yeah. instead is creating a little honey trap
1: i've always i've always read her as sort of being it's nothing but support but there's a more sinister motive underneath yeah. this by the way
0: um she's on screen for a second a second and a <laughs> half just so everyone knows uh no no joke yeah <laughs> do you want to do any questions by the way i uh,
1: with time but i okay. did there's another thing i want to talk about which is i i thought this today and i said it out loud to you which is because and you were complaining that we don't meet any of the like any of the extra characters at the rehearsal dinner. We've got no notion of how the actual dinner and the surrounding drinks and socialising goes. Mm. We just see people, you know, we we, we catch. It's not that I would like the movie to run for longer and to see the entirety of the event. <laughs> but please, please don't interpret yeah. that as our answer to this. But it's just, you know, like in Sex and the City too, we get to meet these characters who are second or, thir- you know, second or third to the story and we get to get to know them in a way that in Sex and the City, we, do- we don't. We are, st- we are trapped on an island with the leads, with the protagonists. And it is fucking... In- honestly, I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. I know I've put on a brave face for 49 episodes. It's really infuriating. And... Yeah. <laughs> But at the rehearsal dinner, we don't really get a, a, a sense or a feel for any of this, and this is all part of what leads me to the conclusion that, you know, we've talked about that Big has a serious dearth of friends. He's got no close male—he's got no friends, really, beyond Carrie. You said today,
0: I bet Big would have stayed and gone and got married if he had a single friend at the wedding. And
1: that's what I want to talk about. Not even at the wedding. If he'd had a friend who was with him the night before, if mm. he had a friend who was with him the morning of, if he had a friend who was in the car with him on the way to the wedding, yeah. he's just like indulging every every terrified whim. He, it's it's no way to live. You're not wrong. And maybe you, that's like the mo- like that is the hidden
0: moral of the story, which does you know it makes it's congruent with the themes of Sex in the City, which is all about friendship, isn't it? That,
1: that's the themes of Sex in the City. <laughs> Friendship is the themes of Sex in the City, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's what's written down on the vision board. Yeah, <laughs> themes, friendship, friendship, nothing more. But I truly believe that, and I know that we can't. Ch- I know that we can't change history and spoil it. They get married anyway, but we could save ourselves roughly an hour and a half. If he
0: had a friend in the car with him. I love it when we get plans on these podcast episodes to go, you know, I want to shave a bit of time off. (laughs) it would be a nice little shortcut in the story. (laughs) Let's
1: (laughs) let's not do any of this. (laughs) Look, yeah, so my mental health is deteriorated and deteriorating rapidly still, but you don't need to point it. People can join the dots themselves, Tim. Do you know what I love? No.
0: I love that we've misjudged the number that we have to do but only by one. If you stack up the live episodes versus how many we've got left, we're gonna end up watching the movie fifty three times. Not
1: necessarily. We could watch it a few times as a hobby. Oh. <laughs> oh, how dare you? <laughs> how offensive. How would you feel if I snuck off and just started watching it in private?
0: I no like no kidding, no joke, I'd be really worried. I would I'd be concerned. I would go to your partner, Charles, and be like, um, can we chat about Guy for a second because we need to figure this out. We need to look after him. I'd be so concerned if you did that. <laughs> right, I'm just saying it's a possibility. It would be... I I can't think of an equivalent. It's bad. Don't do that.
1: You've worried
0: me with the suggestion. I'm really getting spun out thinking about that as a possibility.
1: But it's, it's okay. not a possibility. It's all cool, baby. I, well, before I... Proposed that, oh, you, you like that we've, we've missed it by one.
0: Yeah. It feels like, you know, Baker's Dozen's 13.
1: It's like a worst idea of 52 is 53. It's a, I think it's, it's good. It's a perfect representation of the accuracy with which we've executed this premise. Yeah. Which hey, is to hey, say. They got pretty close. Yeah, almost. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, they did it. Cool. Yeah.
0: Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com
1: pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Uh, uh, should, we do, should, we find, should we dig into... Yes. Um, dear listener,
0: we have solicited for some questions from the audience written on um, various bits of card.
1: Mm. <laughs> Uh, and we'll now uh, read and answer some of these
0: Sorry, what well, cracked me up as I read one of them It's very funny <laughs> I'm glad we did this <laughs> as, well, you should, If you still got a tickle from You should read it out And very nice handwriting, I hasten to add Have you two ever kissed? Surely Either way, can you please almost kiss Or fully kiss now?
1: <laughs> and then a smiley face that's a a terrifying precedent to set (laughs) with this number of cars. Like, if these people (laughs) are as coordinated and intelligent as I think they might be, we are about 15 cars from fellating one another.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What are the rules? Give us a kiss. Should we kiss? We love each other. It's
1: okay. That's our first kiss. Is it? on the lips yeah definitely <laughs> I like that <laughs> is it I'm sure I've kissed you before I don't think you've kissed me on the lips I think sometimes I want to and you don't like it uh-huh. uh, uh, it's it's <laughs> someone's encouraged a real kiss and um, no Carrie's authori- authorial career is confusing I like that word yeah It's sort of the R's linked up with the I, so it looks like orthonial, but it's got to be authorial. Author, right? Yeah, yeah. Authorial career is confusing. Have you been able to piece together any kind of trajectory? And (laughs) have the other gals read her book? (laughs) (laughs) They haven't. Maureen from NYC. Uh, Thank you so much for this fantastic question, Maureen. So, uh, shall we address the first half, which is, have we been able to piece together any kind of trajectory for Carrie's writing career? Because what we do know is at the start of this movie, is in the span of everything that has come before it, she's written three books. 20 years, I think we're dealing with? Yeah, three books, which appear to have
0: financed quite a glamorous lifestyle. It's incredible when you think about it. On average, one book every 6.66 years, the devil's number. No, that's not right. The math's off.
1: If we, a little under seven. If we piece together, and I have recently figured out that Sex in the City and Sex in the City Two do exist in the same cinematic universe, <laughs> the book that Carrie is working on and reading what she calls excerpts, but which are pretty obviously improvised ramblings at a reading of is presumably the book that is released in Sex in the City 2. A book that if you remember correctly, gets panned yes. in The New Yorker. Yes. I the, said yes like it was amazing I remembered a film I've <laughs> seen 52 times. Uh, which would mean that her trajectory, which I feel like it's been, uh, there was promise, I guess. She got a lot of cool articles. She, you know, she had articles in Vogue and presumably other you know, couture fashion magazines. When they lean up to her book. Well, just at the beginning of her career, the yeah, outset. right, yes. Then put out three books. I feel like showed promise. Everyone banked on the promise. Read the first one. They thought, it's okay, it's your first book, though, so we'll give you the benefit of the doubt and say it's better than it is. Yeah. The second book, the difficult second book. Shit. The third book, shit. The fourth book, shit. The trajectory, down, baby. All the way down to the ground. That's what I think. How is she,
0: I guess, wow. She's with Big. Big. Yeah.
1: The financial savant. Yeah. I mean, what, do you think any of the characters have read her books? It's I a great question.
0: I really don't. And I find it so... Like, that's the scene I want to see. Where Samantha, a publicist, is struggling to both placate Carrie and be like, no, the book was amazing. Be like, what was your favourite part? I, uh, <laughs> don't make me choose. <laughs> <I> the like- <laughs> whole thing was so... How can you pick one part of your book? Yeah. I like-, I like to view the
1: book as a whole. And it's flawless. Do you want a drink? <laughs> What's Mr. Big doing? Anything else? I like the idea that a the... Big can't read it, which is sad. I like... It's probably for the best, he'd leave her otherwise. Are
0: they a perfect couple? Because they complement each other so well. Because her career is she's an author and he is illiterate. So there's a nice kind of yin and yang. I think
1: in the, yeah, in the vacuum of how these two people are, it is a perfect relationship. But in the real world, you want some semblance of support from That's your true. partner. Yeah. I I like the idea of the three of them not having read any of her books and then reading them and being like, what the fuck? (laughs) This is everything! (laughs) Carrie, you bet, you know, sitting her down, taking her money. You'd be furious. I reckon, in my heart of hearts,
0: Samantha Jones would write a better book than Carrie Bradshaw. She's got a better command of language, she's so quippy. I think she's led a way more interesting life, but she's not... Um, what's the word? Like, she doesn't over... Uh, what's the verb of make yourself
1: important? She doesn't importicize her own life. Uh, she's not self-important?
0: Yeah, like she doesn't... Asserts. Oh, I love this. I can crowdsource. What? Assert? Yeah, she doesn't, like, over-assert her adventures in... Uh, catching yeah. Dicks, essentially. Yeah. It would just be great tales put into book form, memorialised Sam- for the Samantha ages. wrote one. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I I agree. Fun, fun I feel like stories. It'd be like short, a whole bunch of short stories. It's a shame we never got to spend any time with Samantha in her prime, because all of her quips, which are meant to be fun and snappy and light in the movies, feel so, like, leaden. And yeah. here she's like, Oh, remember me? Yeah. <laughs> Ah fuck. And everyone goes, yeah. yeah that's yeah, not yeah, her yeah. fault
0: though. I think that's the gal's fault for not being as fun as her. They've dulled her. You know, like a like a yeah. knife. And do you think <laughs> Do you think that's why she does things like lash out at Miranda when they're on holiday? I talked about this uh, while we were watching this episode. So this is crazy, everybody. We've got Miranda, who is suffering the breakdown of a marriage, and there's a kid involved, which, as I've said, I personally feel like that adds you know, several yeah. factors of drama
1: the I've, I've gone on the record as saying, uh, I think that makes it easier and better. <laughs> but Tim... <laughs> We'll agree to disagree. The endless well of empathy that he somehow is, seems to find a way to think that a child being involved in a divorce somehow makes it more complicated. I don't know. I don't know how he sees the world, but this is just what he thinks. The gals have given
0: no love, kindness, empathy, or even sympathy to Miranda, who's going through this terrible situation and thrown everything behind Carrie Bradshaw for some inextricable reason. Probably because they're guilt-ridden from not reading her books. Probably because Sarah Jessica Park is an executive producer (laughs) as well. (laughs) Probably that too. It's a couple of factors working here. And the first moment that Miranda has in the film after breaking up with Steve, literally an exhalation of breath as they're relaxing in Mexico, she's sitting back and she said, ah, the sun feels nice. She's she's bathing. She's son bathing. And there I, oh!
1: are...
0: I never understood that turn of
1: phrase.
0: I still don't. I don't think I revealed anything by like that, did I? No, she's bathing in the. No, you go. Yeah. All right. Um, and the immediate response to that is Samantha uh, goes, Jeez, honey. Oh, fuck. What's the wording? Uh, wax
1: much? Wax much.
0: That's it. I was did say, someone watched the wax? movie today? Is w- that I- who was
1: yelling? Wax much? Did anyone watch the movie today, just quickly?
0: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love the indignant no. Yeah. <laughs> Fair an, enough. <laughs> an audience after our own heart. Yeah. Such a slap down. Yeah. She has one moment of happiness. Yeah, the audience as well. But the gals on Miranda. Miranda's like, hey, you know what? I can enjoy this one moment. We're all together in Mexico. I'm relaxing. Hey, uh, what's up with your fucking pubic here, Miranda? <laughs>
1: Get fucked. You know, like... Hey, hey, Miranda, fuck your decision to have autonomy over your body, you bag of shit in here. That decision you made about yourself? Wrong. And then Carrie and Charlotte silently go, Yeah, nice. And then... The
0: situation ends with Miranda storming off because she is completely, understandably upset by this. And
1: you know at which point she says something and uh, Miranda goes, I'm fine. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, no, you're not, you're cross. No, she is cross, but (laughs) she's wanting
0: to like not ruin everyone's time completely. She wants to express her anger, but still maintain, you know, a bit of a semblance of holiday to what they're all doing. Sorry, vacation. (laughs) And...
1: (laughs) Really? Is that one? Huh? You don't say holiday? holiday? Holiday's better. Really interrupting me here. Oh, yeah, you are in flow. So Keep going. Miranda leaves. <laughs> don't let me break your flow. And the very
0: next thing that anyone says is Carrie says, uh, we should have dinner at the restaurant tonight. And everyone goes, oh, my God, Carrie's better. Carrie's back. <laughs> oh, what a relief. I've got I've got to do something to get do me out know, of this Mexicoma. coma. Carrie, you made a little joke. Yeah. And Charlotte laughs, everyone's happy. You just fucking decimated Miranda. I imagine
1: that there's there's a lot of footage on the cutting room floor of Carrie and Charlotte piling on. <laughs> and they're like, We've got to take that out. <laughs> it's too full <laughs> on. <laughs> we'll just go straight to the joke. It's nuts. Yeah. It's no. Crazy. That is crazy stuff. Uh this one here on the green card reads, Do you think your friendship could survive a podcast? It's <laughs> not the whole question, but it very well could be. Uh, do you think your friendship could survive a podcast where you don't suffer so much? Can you imagine a podcast a where you and I engage in something that we enjoy?
0: I honestly think there is so much humor to suffering. Light suffering. You yeah. know? Like. Self enforced suffering. Totally. Uh, even Jackass was too much for me because I really, really don't enjoy
1: watching people get injured. Oh, I used to love Jackass.
0: Yeah? Yeah, I thought it was so funny. I enjoy like, aspects of it, but when they actually like, fuck themselves up. It's just, even America's Funniest Home Videos, which is a show that carried in New Zealand for, uh, and I think is probably still on, but that was in prime time when I was You're a kid. You're talking about Fail Army, baby. I'm talking about Fail Army. I'm yeah. sitting with a host of the, the
1: great Fail Army. right here.
0: I can't watch this shit because people genuinely get so fucking injured. And I'm like, this sucks. I hate this. But I like a bit of light suffering. Self-imposed light suffering. I love. I think the show that got it um, best, which will mean nothing being in America, but Back of the Y, um, which was New Zealand's kind of uh, equivalent of Jackass, which was made by a dude who I got to work with later. And it was great because it was like dumb that, story. That lines.
1: legend fired a T-shirt cannon into your throat. Yeah, you almost killed me. Yeah.
0: But... In fairness, he has my name tattooed on his body. So we well, really lost. You've got
1: Patrick Schwarzenegger tattooed on your body. The fuck, I forgot. <laughs> Everyone's a loser in all of these I anecdotes. Keep forgetting. <laughs> I think we could. I think, I remember when we, were, when we last ended the, the podcast, I remember thinking to myself, like going on other people's podcasts and being like, so what, you guys all just get together in a room and you just have talk about something you like? Wow. Wow. <laughs> What an interesting way to approach the medium. (laughs) I had no idea this was an option. I
0: think our friendship could definitely survive it. I don't know if my psyche could, because I don't have the confidence
1: to think it would be any good. Yeah, but it would be. And more than that, uh, I think what led us back to this, it's not not that a positive podcast would impact the friendship. I think it's the absence of podcasting that didn't take a toll on the friendship. It sort of removed a crutch of communication between us. This is why we dug this thing up. I haven't listened back to any of these episodes, and never will I. But (laughs) I was going through my notes from the first watch today, and I I think... Of this season? Yeah. Yeah. And what they are the, what they're representative of is the state of mind I was in, which was so excited to be doing this with you again. And like, the, you know, the misguided notion that digging up the podcast concept will be This combined fun. with our first kiss, it's a special episode <laughs> you're all at, I tell you what. But if I, read, like, if I read my notes from that, it's like all the things that I've grown to hate, I love. When I see Samantha winking at Carrie, I'm like, I love that wink. You know, all these moments which I now watch, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> And, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. Are you saying that's an analogy
0: for the friendship? Where you were like, I'm so keen to get back into this friendship with Tim. And by now it's like, what
1: the fuck is this guy doing? No, in but the, city I the friendship's in. good. I love, I love you and I love having you here. But like the, the medium through which it exists is still bro- it's broken. <laughs> it isn't. It isn't. Pretty full room we got
0: here, Monty. Look around. A <laughs> lot of beautiful people no, came out. No.
1: Fine match. <laughs> You put that applause back in your pockets! <laughs> May I? Please. Do you think Sex and the City
0: 3 could have worked without Samantha and Mr. Big? Oh, without both of them?
1: That I missed it with both. <laughs> that que- that question suggests that Sex and the City's 1 and 2 functioned with them. <laughs> Take that, <laughs> yeah. Mattress Pikelet, you, you son could, of a bitch. You could do literally... E- you could do any any... I don't know. I think yes is the answer. I mean... <laughs> it wouldn't have made a difference to us. So, okay, what I
0: feel like you're saying is if you take uh, the assumption that Sex in the City 1 and 2 worked, and you removed by that metric, and then you remove these two characters, sure, by whatever you've well, defined working as, it continues. So, we've
1: got Biggers killed out of the movie, so presumably we see Chris Noth having a heart attack yeah. in the shower. Yeah. Oh, did you guys know this about is, this? That? Is, this is, uh, yeah, this, so this was the, the rumoured uh, central plot point for Sex and the City 3, um, the now defunct promise of another sequel was that uh, Mr. Big dies of a heart attack and then the movie is centred around the friends coaching Carrie through the, the loss of her partner. And Kim Cattrall balked at the idea and Rightly, said... Rightly, I think. He so said, I'm not going to be in a movie where my entire role is just supporting Carrie Bradshaw. Again. Yeah. And and rightly so. Uh, I think. I mean, fuck. It would be. It would be. If I think about watching Carrie sulk through uh, New York City and Mexico today, and then watching her traipse through the Middle East and just f- f- suck. I think the the idea of watching her commiserate the loss of Mr. Big is yeah no, it would not it would not it would not function. It absolutely wouldn't.
0: And I would go so far as to say a Sex in the City three that is just Mr. Big and Samantha would be better than the first two films.
1: And and actually a, a wonderful bookend because yeah. in the very first episode of Sex in the City, uh, Samantha is pursuing she wants is that to have first yeah ed? she wants to have sex with Mr. Big. If you, get on, yeah, if you
0: get all the others... yeah. No. I just burped, I think, when someone might have taken a photo with a flash. I'm not
1: sure. No, it's a, someone's oh, got to ride a motorbike. Very cool. I hope
0: it's loud. Guy, this is so weird. I've never seen Guy get genuinely kind of mad about anything. But you've recently really teed off about motorbikes.
1: They're, too noi- they're, they're so noisy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My people, yeah.
0: <laughs> There's a motorbike pointed through the um, window yeah, of the venue. It's you good. Just it's got a really
1: powerful LED light it's blasting right. into my eyeball. It's loud and oral. It's and affecting the screen. That's oh, all right. Yeah. Cool. There's nothing to see. There. Uh, all of that to say, uh, I, yeah, I'm with you. I think the movie would be better if it was just those two. Yeah. And I'd love to see, I would love to see them going at it. Mr. Big Colouring Outside the Line, Samantha and no one's sex-crazed maniac? Yeah. Match made in heaven. Absolutely. A weird, deviant heaven. What do you do to get out and enjoy a day? (laughs) It's so cute. If I'm really going to enjoy a day, I'll usually start it with a walk. Before I do anything, I wake up. As soon as I'm awake, I go out. I take a stroll around the block. Uh, Then I might, I might uh, stop in at a coffee shop, uh, have a coffee, read a book, perhaps a pastry. If I'm feeling cheeky, uh, and then I guess I'd hang out with some friends, ideally be productive. After that, when I'm not being productive anymore, I'd go for a run. All of a sudden, it's nighttime, time for a beer with the pals. Uh, later on, maybe watch a funny TV show and smoke some of the illicit drug marijuana before I lay my weary head down in bed. That was a, that's a good day for me. What have you got, Tim? So, uh, I appreciate the applause breaks, but, we, you know, we've got, to, we've got to get through more questions. The time is 6.45am.
0: I have been asleep for approximately four hours. My wife rises from the bed getting ready to go to work. The shower wakes me up. I think I've got to watch Sex and the City 2, the second half of it. Six Sex and the City 1. Maybe Six and the City 2. Maybe that's my perfect day. A bit of respite. So i watch it, not in VR, would be my perfect day. <laughs> Flash forward, it's uh, eight, eight o'clock. Um, I've missed the opportunity to have a shower, but I have just had enough time to make a coffee while Guy Montgomery and myself struggled to get a Skype call to work correctly <laughs> through a combination of um, Wi-Fi and 4G to see what will have the lowest amount of latency. Record an episode, realize um I didn't hit the record button. <laughs> Jump back on, record another episode.
1: Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is viscerally uncomfortable
0: for him. Guy said it's viscerally uncomfortable for him. Uh no, I can't I can't even continue the charade. That's a pretty good morning I, though, isn't it's it? So whatever it the opposite of that is. I would literally, uh, anything that doesn't involve watching one of these four movies that we've seen is all right by me. Pretty much anything. I could be mowing a, the fucking that, lawn. And that,
1: that is the benefit of the podcast, is the bar yeah. you have set yourself for an enjoyable day is that low.
0: I had a really enjoyable day recently, which was born of failure. So I think this is a parable with a moral. May I share it? Yeah, go for it, man. In New Zealand, there's a competition called the 48-Hour Film Competition, where you've got to make an entire short film now a maximum of five minutes in length within one weekend. You get given some set criteria to meet so that they're making sure that you've made it within the weekend. Me and a friend Paul Williams, very talented comedian and musician, decided to... He's got it. a
1: great album on Spotify, Paul Williams. Look that up, by the way. You
0: should. Uh, it's surf Music. We did one together uh, as a twosome, and generally you need a lot more people to make a movie than that. And... Uh, We approached it with a pretty relaxed attitude. We didn't kick off till very late. Normally, you want to finish the script on the... It starts at 7 o'clock on the Friday night. You stay up until about 12 or 1 a.m. You finish the script, and then you start shooting first thing on Saturday. We were writing the script the whole of Saturday. Uh, And we created a a great story about a little robot um, that wanted to write a song, and it was beautiful. And then we got to... 10 p.m saturday before we had shot a frame of it which is bad and um we shot some of it and then it was one o'clock in the morning and paul just goes to me hey man um this is impossible eh?" i was like what's that he goes well we've got a shot list here of um 50 shots we've been filming for like three hours and we've got four of them and i was like oh yeah yeah it's impossible There's no way we could finish this. And he said, do you want to just, should we, I think we should probably throw in the towel. And I was like, yeah, we should just bail
1: on it. Where the fuck was this attitude 46 episodes ago?
0: (laughs) So we did. We threw in the towel, we bailed on it. And then my Sunday, I got a a light sleep in. And then I fucking got a haircut, mowed the lawns, and then met up with walkout boy Nick Sampson for a beer because he was in the neighbourhood. It was fucking mint. And it was not like a spectacular day but there was something about the expectation of what that day was going to be being for fi- like being superseded. Yeah. I thought I was going to be sleep deprived editing a bad it's a beautiful, film. It's a beautiful feeling. All of that got taken away from me. It'd be like going in to do this 52 more times, and then on the second time, the world was just like, "Hey, Tim,
1: you don't have to do what it. What about this?" It was like, Whoa. What if we canceled our shows in nine shitholes? Chicago, Portland, and Los Angeles? <laughs> I don 't know about that, man. <laughs> it would be the same man. feeling. <laughs> All right, Goddamn Dostoevsky." <laughs> What is Samantha's quote from the theme song and do you deliberately slow it down sometimes to fuck with us? Part one of a two-part question.
0: Very good. We'll hear the second part. No, no, we'll answer that first. Very good. Just as I intended. So that quote by Kim Cattrall is not from... Oh, yeah, it's from our theme song. It's nothing to do with sex in the city. It's her and her husband on a video that has made its way to YouTube. Where she is announcing herself as a I want to say scat singer, but that sounds like did, the wrong word. It's
1: it's a, yeah, it's a real life interview with Kim Cattrall where she says she's a poet and her partner is a jazz musician who plays bass. And so he's Upright like, bass. Upright bass. So he's playing a, a bass and she's sort of scatting over it. Although I have since discovered that this is not an improvised poem she's performing, but a written poem by someone else that she is reciting. It's, she didn't even write that. Yeah. Does it make it better or worse? Way worse. <laughs> but
0: at the end of the video, outside of the song, um, she says uh, <laughs> whatever is said in the theme song. I don't listen to it that much. I just put it we out. We work
1: together and hear it together and we get a nice rhythm and it's, it's something along those lines. You guys know because you hear it every time. And we time. go for it, yeah. yeah.
0: So We go for it.
1: Yeah. And uh, we and go so for it. And what about...
0: So I've been slowing it down by 1% every episode. <laughs> But then but and then I've seen people like on the subreddit being like, is this fucking like occasionally slowing them down? Like, I've been slowing down the whole time. <laughs> so, what I've done, for, what I'm going to do for the last ones, and I started doing this a couple episodes ago, is I'm going to slow it down by 10. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. And what it's supposed to do is, is emulate what we're going through, it is the audio expression of what is happening to our mind. So, what you're hearing is Guy and I,
1: it's our brain turning to putty. Oh, that's a, a very good answer. The second part, and this is going to be, I realise this is going to be the last question we'll have time to answer. Sure, The thing. rest of them, thank you so much for the submissions. I'm suggesting to you now, Tim, we do a, a special friend zone I'd in which we that. address these remaining I'd questions at a later date. Yep. So, um, we're going to answer this, and, well, and then you'll see what happens. Uh, I think Carrie's observation about Charlotte shitting herself is 100% spot on. (laughs) Evidence. (laughs) When Charlotte and Carrie are furniture shopping and Charlotte is like, my life is so good, Carrie's like, yeah, but you shit yourself. Direct quote. But Charlotte seems to have forgotten. Uh, So... It carries observation that Charlotte's life isn't as good as she thinks because she has shit herself. Honey, as you someone, shit yourself yeah, this year. I think you're done. As someone who quote. is on the record as having shat themselves more than most people in the previous years, I take umbrage with this. Because at some point you do forget you did it. <laughs> and in doing that, you forget how significant that moment is to other people. Mm. No. We don't all have... To, like some bats have wonky sonar, some of us like to test the limits of our physical body to the point where we sometimes, maybe accidentally, after a house party with a bunch of 19-year-olds in Malibu, wake up the next morning, roll out the top of a camper van, and shit their pants. <laughs> That's just what some of us do. What do we do with the underpants? We throw them into the unoccupied lot across the fence. What do we do after that? How do we clean ourselves up? We pick our way through 10 comed teenagers until we find a bathroom in which we can clean ourselves up in the basin. Are we proud of ourselves? Surprisingly, yes, yeah. How can we top this? What will have
0: LA have in store for us this time? You know? Well, I hope we're not hanging out with teenagers anymore because we
1: are too old. Yeah,
0: that's the, that's the God's honest truth of it. Uh, um, we you, probably need to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Thank you so much for coming out. If you are living in Chicago, Portland, or Los Angeles, please. But we can't wait to visit. Please buy a ticket and check out the shows. Thank you so much, New York. You've yeah, been New a York wonderful audience. Is. just have a good rhythm together you know he sort of feels me out I feel him out and uh, we go for it imagine
0: the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time